Uh, I'm talking today about uh, we, we go without, a people who go without. And uh, thinking of that psalm um, in the presence of my enemies and, and going without, and, and the Lord sets a table in, in, you know, before me in my presence. So, so there's a bit of a message in that uh, as well. Um, the word comes to us as we hear it read in the Bible and, and, and then as it's spoken and, and as you live it and, and follow it and obey it, you, you hear God speak. And I pray that you will hear God speak today. Let's pray. Our Father, you are all around us and you live uh, close to us and we come to hear your word today, uh, however you speak. Um, let us hear and be led by you, in Jesus' name, amen. I started off as a people without and I went to a church without and, and I, that phrase, a church without walls, was something I considered. It's a challenging way to think uh, so that we can look out and, and people can look in, have the opportunity to see in to the church, a church without walls. But I was, I was led to this theme of going without, as I considered 2020 and how it's gone, but, but also reading through, through Luke, uh, Luke chapter 1. So let's look at uh, Luke chapter 1. So, so we look at the whole of it, uh, we'll see the, the birth of, of Jesus, the birth of John, uh, we'll see the songs of their parents, of, of Mary and, and Zechariah. So what starts... Uh, with the people going without uh, turns over time or through those experiences into a, an awesome experience of God through uh, Mary and Zechariah. It's a time of uh, Roman occupation and, and the people are not in a good place. Luke and Acts will speak strongly about the presence of, of the Holy Spirit with God's people and, and it begins already here in, in this chapter in Luke 1. But, but even in the middle of, of these uh, times and experiences, uh, people are waiting and they are going without. So first Elizabeth is without child, uh, then uh, Zechariah is without speech over a long time until John is named. There's a description of, of John who was filled with the Holy Spirit from birth, but uh, even he goes without a fermented drink. And uh, Elizabeth at the end uh, describes how she'd live without honor or uh, the favor of the people. We, we can follow this through in Luke and Acts of people who go without. Uh, Jesus in, in Luke 21, he's looking at the, the temple, the beautiful stones of the temple, and he, he says that not one of these stones will remain on top of the other. And I wonder what the disciples would have thought uh, if there was no temple there, uh, what would, which was so uh, meaningful and central to them, what would it be like without the temple? And then later in Acts 7, Stephen uh, speaks of, of God's people going without. He, he speaks of the early Christians are like Abraham. They, they have no inheritance. And, and he says, without a foot of ground. So they, they go without, uh, soon to be forced out of their homes 
and, and joining together as, as the church moves on. So no temple, no land as the normal or settled expectation of, of what God is about. So what, what's left to expect if there's not a foot of ground or there, there's no friends in high places or, or you know, we don't have a leg to stand on with, with people? It seems often when we go without that the, the, the first thing uh, that happens is really on, on a human level is, is we need to um, see that. Uh, or, or, or adjust to it or process uh, what that's about. So there's a, a change of expectation. And, and then God comes and refreshes us in the renewal of expectation in the Holy Spirit. When I was living in a, in a Christian uh, summer camp in, in Philadelphia in the USA in 92, I mentored a boy named Daniel for... Um, for two months, a nine-year-old boy, and I uh, met up with his family as well, and, and Denise, his mother. And I lent Denise some money, and we talked about uh, at payday, we'd, um, she'd pay it back. So payday came, and uh, she couldn't pay it back. And uh, I remember I, I was sort of fuming. I was, I was thinking, this is unfair. You know, she said she'd pay it back, and I was really getting quite irate about this that I'd lent money and it wasn't coming back. And, and then I read uh, Luke 6, and it said, uh, when you lend, do not expect it back. <laughs> very direct word. And I, I was very remorseful. I said, sorry, Lord, uh, my whole attitude had been wrong and petty. And so it's a gift. <laughs> I came to understand that. I don't have to worry or, uh, to have that expectation of getting it back. And my whole attitude changed as my expectation changed and, and I was freed in my heart to, to be generous. And, and I treasured that change of heart and what I learnt. Yeah, it was a great moment. <laughs> and, and as I reflect again on the, on the time that I, I lent money to Denise and, and then you know, the change that I saw in me, I wondered whether something like that is not required in our own responses today. Do we need to give up past expectations or our, our petty expectations so, so that we can grow uh, generous in, in our heart and attitudes to, to seek the generous spirit of God in these times? We, we can learn a lot about this from other cultures who, who, who live a lot closer in their sharing and, and Luke's uh, message uh, echoes that a lot of, of what we call gift cultures. So keep giving as you receive and, and even share with others in times you lack things and, and if you lend, don't expect it to come back. <laughs> uh, Lewis, Hyde, in his book, The Gift, Imagination and, and the Erotic Life of Property, he brings up uh, a characteristic of, of gift economies and he talks about the mobility of the gift. Whatever we have been given is supposed to be given away and not kept. 
or if it is kept, something of similar value should move in its stead. The gift may be given back to its original donor, but this is not essential. The only essential thing is this, the gift must always move. We, we get used to keeping things. We, we expect to keep things. Uh, it, it's our settled way of life. That's our, our way of life that we live. Uh, this is not saying uh, give a million dollars or, or give the most, but, but the novel part for us is, is to keep, keep things moving around us or, or away from us so, so that we keep in that movement of generosity. It's not the amount um, or the regularity of, of what we give that's set by our own expectations, but the movement of, of generosity around our hearts and within our hearts. And, and this generates its own momentum and expectation as, as a response of faith. What happened with me in lending that money can illustrate on a very small scale of, of what God wants to do on, on a very large scale uh, in, through maybe this year or through something you've been working at for some time. And it may not even be about money, maybe some other issue uh, to change or to face the expectation and uh, the renewal of your expectation. So first comes a change of expectation and then a renewal of expectation. We need to face the change of our situation in a realistic way and, and come, of it, come at it again with a, a change from our set expectation. We also need to expect something different from God in our daily uh, circumstances and, and move with that. So what, what's different that we expect of God this year that we didn't expect of God last year? My dad retired in 1986 and, um, and then the stock market uh, crashed in 1987 and a third of his savings disappeared. So, so he he looked around for, for work again and he retired uh, 10 years later and always the warrior, dad had to you know, face a change of expectation of, of where his life would be. And, and I, I would say that uh, he found renewal in his life over those 10 years in, in the way that he was able to, to work on still further in, in different ways. So, so when someone keeps our money, when the stock market collapses or, or COVID hits or, or we're facing something difficult in our, in our lives, we need to get real. Um, don't keep expecting it back on the same terms, either good or bad. Sometimes we expect it to get better and, and sometimes we expect it to get worse. It, it's not coming back exactly on our terms. So be changed, be renewed in your expectation around your situation, be changed in your expectation about God. Pray for the Holy Spirit, just as the apostles prayed. Move in, in God's expectation that, that you can and, and will be, be generous or, or faithful to God. 
get, get with other Christians, pray in the expectation that you know, we can come together and, and, and listen to God and, and pray to God. The gospel is amazing and even awesome as, as Mary and Zechariah discovered. We, we can be petty and possessive in, in the way we hold on to things or, or the way we think our, our life should go. We can live in the hope of what we do not have or we can regret what's dropped out of our, our day-to-day expectations. But God, through the gospel, moves us to a place of change so, so that we can be uh, broad and, and generous in our attitudes again. It doesn't seem humanly possible sometimes that we can live through these experiences and, and the tensions that we face, but, but God, with God we can keep on going. We pray for the Holy Spirit when there's a setback or adversity comes or when we are without or we're anxious about our family uh, for God to come and, and fill our lives again. I'd like to speak a bit about Roger, who's uh, <laughs> doesn't like this, um, who's finishing as, as an elder uh, in two weeks. Roger is the realist. Uh, when, when we've talked about COVID, uh, he, he said that this will be tough. And, and then he's, he said it's, uh, it will get tougher. And, and this could be really tough. Um, you, you can talk about economic depression um, in that. Um, but I, I've noticed recently that Roger's also been upbeat. And, and, and all the things that he said about uh, who we can be and how, how we can follow uh, God um, and just the enthusiasm of it has spoken to me. And so I want to say, Roger, that for all your realism, um, for me, you've never, and I've been with you, you know, in meetings for a couple of years, you've never uh, crossed over to pessimism or fatalism. So pessimism says uh, we're stuffed. <laughs> fatalism says uh, we can't do anything. Um, so, so there's some real issues here, but um, for all that, uh, that wasn't the sort of the hangdog air that we, we, we shouldn't try. Um, so you know, I've, I've listened to what, what you've been saying, and it's to hear that things, um, in real terms, are, are tough. And, and, but also to, to, to hear that you know, we, we can go places with God. Uh, that, that's the the message I hear from you. Um, so I'd, I'd like to thank you for, for your realism and we get to hear it. Um, sometimes some, what, uh, you know, me being a glass half full person, you know, the negative scenarios, you sort of think, oh, well, we, we can have a sunny day tomorrow, uh, but maybe not. So we need, need to hear that. And um, so thank you for your realism and, and thank you for your positivity as well. It's, it's all been there. I'd like to make this even more real. Um, we've got work to do to understand uh, this and, and, and a way to go to, to respond together to our situation today as God's people. Um, this is not a, a gloss on a bad situation. It's not a, a short-term matter, really our life, um, uh, that you know, will be over and we can change things and, and have things as we want them. 
part of the issue is that we can uh, despair of lost opportunities or we can continue without hope or expectation. And, and as I said, we've got used to a settled way of life and, and it brings an uneasy feeling that when, when we go without. We're not acting here on, on a two-part formula, uh, change expectation, renew expectation, though the, the old elements of, of repentance and, and renewal are, are right in the middle of our responses. It, it's the, the nitty-gritty uh, daily work of, of praying, uh, just seeking, asking God, uh, not knowing where our situation is going, but being prepared to be be generous and mobile nevertheless. Part of it may be uh, facing up to a, a negative situation around you. There is the pain of not being able to see our family or friends or, or be at church. Uh, there's a loss of work. There's uh, less income on investments. And like my dad, maybe worry. Part of it's to learn how to depend on asking God and other people when, when frankly, we're not used to that. I'd, I'd like to read um, something from uh, John V. Taylor. Uh, he's an Anglican bishop uh, who wrote in the 70s a book called, on the Holy Spirit called The Go-Between God. Uh, firstly, a quote, he, he puts uh, the story of Acts is the story of the stupendous missionary achievement of a, of a community inspired to make a continual series of creative experiments by the Pentecostal spirit. Against a static church unwilling to obey the guidance of the Holy Spirit, no gates of any sort are needed to oppose its movement, for it does not move. But against a church that is on the move, inspired by the Pentecostal spirit, neither the gates of hell nor any other gates can prevail. And he goes on, but while we piously repeat the traditional assertion that without the Holy Spirit we can get nowhere in the Christian mission, we seem to press on notwithstanding with our man-made programs. I've not heard recently of committee business adjourned because those present were still awaiting the arrival of the Spirit of God. I've known projects abandoned for lack of funds, but not for lack of gifts of the Spirit. Provided the human resources are adequate, we take the spiritual for granted. In fact, we have only the haziest idea of what we mean by resources other than human wealth, human skill, and human character. This book is an attempt to interpret the meaning of the Christian mission for our contemporary world within the context of a fresh understanding of the Holy Spirit and his action in that world. What is it, essentially, that he adds to our natural human capacities, without which we cannot even begin to be witnesses for Christ? We say glibly that we need his power and his guidance, but what sort of power are we to expect beyond that of ordinary men and by what kind of communication does he point out the way? There's a type of inertia or, or standstill uh, he's talking about in, instead of an understanding and expectation of, of movement or a movement in, in 
the things that we've expected. And, and there's a past knowledge of our human resources, but it seems to be a, a cutoff uh, when it comes to relying on, on the gifts of the Spirit. And I, I think the big one here is prayer. Um, how can we anticipate meeting God if we cannot meet God in prayer? Um, we've seen so much through our, our human material expectations and, and set our lives by that. Jesus talked about giving good gifts to our children. Uh, we know that, we, we live for that. In, in fact, during COVID, I've, I've made the deliberate sort of intention to be generous with the kids and to be settled with the kids. And, and I think that that's you know, good advice, it's a good approach. But how, how much more will, will God give? And, and how do we know that? Do, do we really know that at all? How much more will God give than what we give to our church, to our children or whatever? Um, do we sense that even at all? Um, we can well talk about our, our life and our, our situation on a human level. But, but the mission, if we could muster ourselves, is to pray for the Holy Spirit and, and keep going over a longer time. So, so we get used to God's presence being the real thing in, in the real situation. That's where we get to, of, of where we are, of what we're facing. In the middle of the situation where, where we're lacking for people or contact or possessions or good times, uh, this is a step of faith. I'd like to mention, just in closing, a need of prayer. Um, Treasurer Angela is uh, uh, massaging the budget or finalising the budget and, and coming up at our annual meeting next uh, in two weeks' time. And, and Angela sees her work, and particularly her, her budget work, as, a, as an act of faith that she brings before God and, and often tells us about God's generosity. Um, that's where we hear it from. And so asking with her for, for God's uh, spirit to move us with generosity, um, refreshing, and, and also for renewal, a renewed heart, both, both for Angela and, and for all of us as well. I'm, I'm gonna get uh, Roger up to pray. Thank you, uh, Ken. Thank you uh, for your words. Always encouraged by what you bring. Uh, you, you speak from a deep well of uh, faith and a walk uh, with Jesus.